Hi, this is Tim Sanders, founder of the Omnia Radiation Balancer. Pretty soon there will be 5G masks going out all around us and we want to make sure that you're giving yourself the best protection on the market. Our solution is unique. We use a new source of energy from the fifth dimension to balance radiation fields on any device, making it safe to use. Our results show that this structures water, it balances the blood and it keeps your body super strong. And yes, it works on 5G. The energy in the patch never runs out, so count up all the radiating devices in your life, stick one on each, and you're done. Click on the link below and you'll soon be bringing balance and strength back to your body. Thank you. All right, Mary, are you there? Hello? I just think she might be muted. Yeah, she's coming on right now. There okay. she is. There she is. She's still muted. Hi. She's Can still you unmute muted. yourself, Mary? There we go. There we go. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? Can you hear us okay? Is the audio sounding good? Yes, I can hear you fine. How's it going? How are you doing today? Welcome to Portal to Ascension. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm, it's good. It's a beautiful morning here in Queensland. Nice. Yes. Very beautiful here as well. Um, so I'll do, I'll read a quick little bio and then we'll jump right into this if you're ready. Absolutely. Uh, uh, for those who don't know, first of all, I'm Tyler. This is Aaron. We're from Journey to Truth podcast, as many of you may know already. And this is Mary Rodwell. She is recognized internationally as one of Australia's leading researchers and writers in the UFO and contact phenomenon areas. She is founder and principal founder and principal of Australian Close Encounters Resource Network, ACERN, formed in 1997. After researching more than 3,000 cases, Mary suggests extraterrestrial encounters are a global phenomenon, and this is evident in the new humans referred to as star children, which we are going to get into today, and I'm excited about that. It's one of my favorite topics because anyone who spends any time around these children nowadays understands there is something major going on they're brilliant they're like a mini ascended master almost um oh. so if did we lose you um, there's a uh, got some technical difficulties what happened with the screen up oh, there we go there we go yeah no it's all right um anyway so mary did you did you want to um discuss the star children and this and this um what we're seeing nowadays with all these children and what they are bringing to humanity. Thank you, um, Tyler. What I would like to say is when we're reaching this time in our evolution, which I think is, we've all been discussing it um, in Portal of Ascension anyway, is that we are going to evolve and this is, we are evolving. And what's really hard for people at the moment, particularly given the chaos on the planet right now, is I think we all need a little bit of uh, light at the end <laughs> at the end of the tunnel to know we're not here for a waste of time. That you know, uh, and that's really what I'd like to say about the children, is they're bringing in this hyper awareness. They know they've got a mission. Many of them talk about this, and they mention they're here with something to do and they talk about the shift, they talk about the event. And to mention to you, only recently, I was speaking to a 10 year old um, on the Sunshine Coast here, 
and he was explaining to me that he gets visited by light beings, that he comes from a planet of light, that there they manifest instantly. And he finds it much harder on planet Earth to manifest because he said it's a bit more dense here. And I said to him, well, what about what do you think is going on right now? And he said, Mary, this is the reset. Nice. That's how he explained it. This is the reset. I was talking, and I mentioned this in my book, The New Human, of a 12-year-old that was explaining to me that he'd been here um, on the planet uh, many lifetimes ago, but, he'd, but they, as a species, had left something on the moon to do with consciousness. And he said, we've been at this point three times before, and it's not happened, he said. But this time, there's a 95-plus chance that we will make it as a species. So they're aware. They're coming in, knowing they have a job to do. I talked to another um, 10-year-old in the US who told me this was his first time on this planet and that he had come from a planet where he was blue, explained that he was a center seed to connect with the center of the planet, and he's going to help with the pollution. So in other words, when this sh shift happens, then we've got these aware new avatar humans that are coming in from all stations west, I call the cosmos, from interdimensional, extra dimensional, as well as you know from our own galaxies that are coming in with skills to assist with this shift. And this is you know, how they're explaining it, that there is a shift and there is going to be, if you like, um, as, as one very good friend of mine, a molecular biologist was explaining in her understanding is that we are shifting into two frequencies, low frequency people and high frequency people. And the ones that choose to stay within this density will probably choose to stay here as a soul. But the, the, the rest that are ready to move to that other level of awareness. And what we're having is these children coming in who are going to be our teachers. They're the ones that are going to help us understand what we need to do to reach that other level of, of um, existence, if you like. And they are here with skills. One young 17-year-old, he's not that now, um, I've written about him, Antonio, in my book, and he says that he's an um, uh, an ecological engineer coming from Arcturus and he's an Arcturian ambassador and his job will be to give us a new ecology. So here we have children that are very aware of their mandate, very aware they're here to help with this shift and they're dealing with ecology, they're dealing with pollution. Oh, um, oh, and, uh, oh. You know, this is the kind of awareness that I'm talking about. Yes, and I think it's, I mean, how helpful would that be if we were able to remember our past lives and why we're here? And that's one gift these children have. And I think that's so crucial. And like you said, if I mean, if you've ever spent any time with these children, just have a conversation with them, what they can teach us. I mean, if you want to be reminded about the purpose of life, just have a conversation with the child. It's so true, though, because, you know, that's the one thing we all forget to do is... Uh, to have fun and we forget to be a child and it's so crucial in these times and, and I so do you call them indigo children star children or, or crystal children is there a specific name well 
they're all in the same bucket, really, in the sense that they are the, the new, more awake, evolved human. Um, they're given many names. Metaphysically, they're given the names indigo, crystal, uh, rainbow children, children of light. Um, there's a whole range of, of metaphysical terms for them, depending on their energy, energy field, for example, and their job that they've come to do. For example, the indigo is the warrior for example, they've come in to challenge the system. You've got some coming in with, with love uh, or with uh, skills in empathy that have come as healers, for example. I mean, a lot of these children will say that they can heal and their parents will say, will say you know, I didn't feel very well or I'd hurt my knee and my, my little daughter uh, put her hands on my knee and the next minute I was fine. They also, uh, many of them communicate with animals, for example, as one eight-year-old told me his job was to show humans that we need to treat animals with respect, that that's important, that we understand they're connected to us. So they're here to teach, but they're also here, as I say, to um, assist us with this shift. But when you talk about the, um, the crystal children, the indigos and whatever, in mainstream, many of these children are given rather dysfunctional names such as ADHD, Asperger's, dyslexia and some forms of autism simply because they're wired differently and they're not operating in the same way that we were programmed to operate and they're harder to program which is I think the very point of why they've come in with different wiring is because the problem with many of us older generations and older models of human is we've been programmed out of our awareness. We're told it is not real, that it's imagination, that there's something wrong with us. And this is part of the problem of the, the Western programming, particularly, not the indigenous programming, because they're very open to their multidimensional selves. But we have been um, programmed out, as, uh, and that is part of the problem. You know, Peter was talking about connecting to our multidimensional selves and connecting to our higher selves. But many people are afraid to do that because they're afraid in some way they'll lose the plot. They'll be, that, that in some way they will lose their balance and the integrity of, of understanding what reality is. But that's, in fact, if anything, we're shut off from the very source that helps us to understand who and what we are and where and, and our multidimensional connection to those many lifetimes of learning and growth and understanding that we, we can access through sometimes hypnosis, regression, sometimes through a healing or a shamanic journey. These are ways we access it again, but we have a psychology in mainstream that tells us that's dangerous. You do that and you're going to end up you know, unwell. So we've got this conflict of trying to access that against um, a society that in, in on the whole, and even within religions, it's considered often dangerous or demonology, for example, for you to access your team. You know, I call it my non-physical team, if you like. And, and that is, for me, has been the one that has given me the help to understand what we miss out on when we do not connect to that superconscious higher self um, over soul or whatever name you want to give our, our superconscious. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just said an entire, I mean, there's so much there you just covered. 
And these children basically are here to remind us of what we're capable of. And when we see them healing and communicating with animals, it triggers something with us, it, it, within us, it activates us. And it's, it's interesting what you said also about the, um, you know, this whole, if anything, we're cut off to our true purpose, but that's the part of the programming because whatever this, our true purpose is, is very scary because it threatens your old reality and people aren't ready to give that up, like you said. So it's, it is a conflict and that's where we're, that's where we see uh, these people who are just kind of um, turning away from the truth and living the ignorance is bliss lifestyle. It's really interesting. Well, it's, it's it, uh, Tyler, it's a cognitive dissonance because, mm -hmm. you know, um, we are we are told about imaginary friends. Children have imagining imaginary friends, for example. I remember one of those ladies very early on when I got involved in all of this. And she said, you know, I was telling my mom at six years old that I was seeing aliens. And my mom said, that's just imagination. And she said, I was forever in conflict between what was real and what was not real because that was not allowed for her to experience her multidimensional self. I'm talking to children across the board and parents are talking to their children that talk about, you know, their best friend or, um, or, and their, their, their buddy who is blue with big black eyes or it's an angelic being or it's a being of light or whatever. And they're supporting them and also taking them on journeys to spacecraft, to other planets, for example, as one eight-year-old explained to me very excitedly that she'd been taken on board a craft to go to a planet where she was being taught how to levitate and how to use her third eye, and also was shown genetic engineering, how they're seeding other planets in other galaxies and what have you. And this is a reality for her. And then you come, and I said to her, do you you know, um, do you ever talk about this kind of thing to school? She said, oh, no, they wouldn't understand. So, you know, this is the whole point. We're living this kind of dual reality where we, we, we promote one way of interacting with our everyday um, souls around us. And we're having this whole other reality that may or may not be safe to talk about, depending on who you talk about. It's almost a, a bit like we're seeing with this virus. You've got those that believe the narrative that everything they're being told on the television is true. And you've got those that are saying, where am I? She must be joking. This is a whole pandemic. And you've got this awful kind of split in, in our humanity and our consciousness at the moment between to believe the narrative or to say, sorry, but I've just taken the red pill and it's all, you know, not, not true. And we're getting it with that. Heaven, heaven, what would you say if you said to somebody, well, my, my, my non-human team's just told me that this is a load of X, Y, and Z, you know? So we're living in this really weird kind of dichotomy at the moment that, you know, so what do you honor? What do you, tr you know, what do you trust? Do you trust what you're told out there or do you trust your core do you cr trust your resonance mm. to truth because this is the challenge right now is resonance to truth and you are the only instrument of that you can't rely on anybody out there to give it to you you have to trust this because that ultimately is all you've got yeah yes amen amen yes and then that's why it's so important to focus on your spiritual growth because once you as you as you grow, um, your, your resonance, your intuition 
becomes a little bit more in tune. And it's a lot easier to just pick up on this deception and you see right through everything. Uh, so that's why it's so key to be taking care of ourselves right now and, and be focused on that. Uh, I, I kind of, um, I wanted to ask you about hybrid children and, and where they come in and wh what role they play. Because I'm, I've been told, I've been made aware that I have hybrid, hybrid children, many of us do, and it's very um, confusing to me. Well, there's two things I'd like to say first, because hybrid often brings in a lot of fear for a lot of people saying, oh, you know, are they here to take over the world? You know, that, that the, the old models will be discarded and the new hybrids will come in. Well, first of all, if you look into um, the history of our DNA, we are um, cr we are intelligently created. And that if you go back into what the anomalies in our DNA will tell you that. And I speak about this in detail and the evidence for it. So the bottom line is that we have input from other species. And this is what is, is inherent in our DNA. So we're all hybrids. And yes, we have taken over the world. So let's get that, let's get that out of the way first. Sure. But what you're talking about is an upgrade of the hybridization going on with some uh, individuals. And many of the Children and some of the adults have an innate awareness that they're a hybrid. And the, the young people and children that are aware of this have um, come in with that activated so that they are connecting more to their star family than they are so much to the human saying, I can't make sense of this planet. It's too barbaric. I really don't want to be here. I don't understand this planet or, or, or the way people are because that's not me. They may connect to their star origins, which could be Pleiadian or um, from Orion. It could be um, Arcturus. It could be Andromeda. Or it could be um, as one 10-year-old who came through another dimension and he came through a portal in the sun and told me he came from another dimension. So we are getting these children that are activated and connecting more to their um hybridization, if you like, because we all have it with it, I believe, in our DNA. We have multiple species in, um, that have added to our DNA, but it's not been activated. When it gets activated, we become more aware of our hybridization, although that might be added to, as I was talking to one young lady in Spain, and she said that she was aware her mother had been taken and had more activation um, through her um, added DNA from the beings. So there's, that can be part of it as well. But the whole idea of, of, of most of us um, being the older models, are we going to be left behind? No, because we have it within our DNA. And as we open up to our multidimensional cells and those frequencies, that's been activated. And then more and more we'll connect to that activation. So as our frequency rises, we're activating our Pleiadian cells or, or from Orion, from Arcturus, and all those other ads uh, uh, added DNA that's in a, it, that's actually in the ge the human genome. So this is really um, a very simplistic way I know of explaining what this hybridization is. We are all hybrids, end of. But some of us are asleep and some of us are awake. It, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with I agree with that. I, but what I was getting at, I guess, is it possible that I have I, I have hybrid children of my own existing on a ship somewhere right now? Absolutely. And let me give you a bit of an example, um, a very good case study I did from a lady in Brazil. 
she wrote to me because and she was actually a former uh, air hostess and she explained that when she was working she was in a hotel and she saw this little girl in the corridor before on her way to breakfast and she was worried that she hadn't got her, her parents around so she went up to her and said um little girl can I help you where's your mum and dad and as the little girl turned round, she was part human, part feline. And this air hostess said it freaked, freaked her out and she ran thinking this is a monster. Only a short time later, she went up on board craft and there was this child which she saw and then she was told, this is your daughter. So it was part feline, part human. And she realized that this feline being that she'd been seeing in her dreams and seeing right from a child that was this loving, beautiful presence with a, a kind of motherly, nurturing um, uh, energy was in, in fact part of this feline species. So she said that what really was astounding was she saw another time on board craft after that where she saw this little feline girl with others that were sisters so she'd had other children which were part feline part human and her six-year-old human daughter was actually playing with her hybrid sisters on board craft so wow. we've got this whole new understanding that we will contribute our, our dna and and there are many people many women um i write about in a, awakening the the um, missing pregnancies, where they will have a, a range of, of inter, uh, species, inter, interspecies uh, creations. And they're often to go to other planets, other solar systems. And this is, um, from my research, often the mantis are the master geneticists. And they're the ones that are, are usually involved in this program. And it's a big program. They're also um, dealing with timelines um, as well. There are a lot of things like that. But absolutely, um, the important thing is we are part of a amazing program that is certainly way beyond planet Earth. Yeah, that's so fascinating to me. Is there, so what if somebody out there is hearing this for the first time, something's resonating and they want to communicate with their children? Is there a way to do that? Uh, maybe via meditation, or do you have any advice for that? Well, first of all, they need to know that many of them, if they've got hybrid children, will be taken up on board craft and introduced to them. Even the men that, that may not have children on this planet, but their sperm or genetic material has been taken, will be introduced to their children. Because if they've got human um, genetics, they do need love. So, uh, And I remember working with a lady in England who told me her job on board craft was to help the parents, the mothers, actually connect to their um, hybrid babies so that, that the child gets that emotion and gets that feeling as well. And some of the hybrid children, like the, um, the air hostess, she actually was shown physically her daughter in the hotel corridor, um, which of course was you know very, very real. Um, so yes, it's really important that there is that connection and there are many instances where these children have visited their parents in various forms, if it's not out of body, but actually physically. Yeah, and I've, I've actually 
I've had, I'm familiar with this concept somewhat, but I'm, I'm very curious, obviously, that's why I'm asking it. And it is fascinating. And I, I do know people that are in communication. Uh, it's, it's insane just to realize what is actually going on at the same time. So earlier on, you mentioned these children are here for the reset for this event. Is there any information or anything that you know about what this reset is supposed to look like, or is this what we're seeing right now? We are in it, first of all, and we're all involved in it. You're involved in it. You know, I call the older models, you know, like myself. We're all involved in this, but I would like to say something that's come to my attention from the Indigenous Australians um, to do with this whole reset, and I'll just read it to you. Um, I'll need my glasses for that. Hold on. Um, on the 21st of December 2020, a magic box that contains a crystal will be opened by 12 Indigenous elders at Uluru, Australia. The box contains Pleiadian technology that may or may not release a beneficial frequency um, that submission depends on the goodness of mankind. So in other words, if we are now ready, that frequency will assist with the reset. And this is on the 21st of December at Uluru. And this is that they called, this is the prophecy, this is the magic box, they call it. And that to me is very, very profound because we've always known that Uluru was a very sacred uh, place on this planet as well. So we are getting help from multiple levels, not only from our superconscious, from all those wonderful non-human teams that are around us, not only from these wonderful souls coming in from all over the galaxies um, and, and uh, cosmos, bringing their skills to help this planet now move to that new, awakened um, and amazing future, because it will be amazing. And this is what I think we're sensing. But can we fully imagine what it's going to be? I don't think so. That's what I've been told. Mary, whatever you think, you can't actually conceive it yet because you're not ready. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's huge. The 20, what you just explained about occurring on the 21st of December, that's big. That's big. <laughs> so it, it's so important to be discussing this type of content because of what we see, all the negativity going on right now in the world. Um, which is by design. They want us to be sucked into the fear and the panic and that low vibration. So we, you know, they want us to focus on that so we don't focus on ourselves. And when we don't focus on ourselves, we are no longer an effective spiritual warrior, if you will. And we're no longer effective in this spiritual warfare that's taking place right now. So these conversations are so important. And this is the stuff that we need to be preaching to everyone. And thank you for that. We have a couple questions. Somebody wants to know, if you're saying the the hybrids, is their consciousness also a hybrid? I don't, I'm not sure what they mean by that. Are you saying their consciousness is hybrid? Well, that's the, that's I, I, I'm not sure what they're highlighting, but I will say that those that have identified to being a hybrid certainly have a, a complex understanding of themselves and their connection to their hybrid nature and the beings they're connected to. Remember, the one thing that's going on here is they are being educated out of body, on board craft, 
and uh, on other planets. So they're being taught everything from quantum physics right through to the nature of reality and the origin of the species. So they're getting the truth. They're yeah. not getting edited versions of the truth that we do down on this yeah. planet. And they are coming in with that awareness. Well, um, I'll, just let me mention to you one nine-year-old that wanted to speak to me. And I said, um, why would you like to speak to me? And he said, well, Mary, it's because of your frequency. He explained he came from Orion. He was a light physicist on Orion, dealing with time travel technology. He'd come to this planet and he said the nearest was Nikola Tesla because most of the scientists on this planet are not very bright, was his way of putting it. That's what I'm talking about. This is, an, uh, they are connecting to the truth, the real truth of who and what we are through their, uh, um, their awareness and through their hybrid nature. That's very well put, yes. Uh, another question is, do you know if the hybrids are more likely to have implants? Uh, you know how some of us have implants? Yes. Is this more likely in the hybrids? Now, implants can be, uh, you know, good or not so good, and it depends on who's put them there. If they're from the deep state, um, my lab, MK Ultra, and whatever, obviously, there's another agenda completely. I also know some have had implants by the beings which have assisted them as a conduit for what they're doing. And Tracy Taylor in my book mentions she had implants to help her with her artwork to bring in the frequencies because the frequencies are coming in through artwork, through um, star language, through symbols, through um, the, the cosmos itself, through new technologies, and through the fact that we are all activating each other. So every, you know, this, this whole um, package of frequencies that you're all putting together, the portal to ascension, is activating. We all know that. And what that will do is everyone who's receptive will take that on to their energetic fields. And wherever you go then, you are taking that package. You are taking that energetic package, which is also like a virus, that is activating others if that person is ready for it. So this is the beauty of what exactly what you're doing now is that we are actually doing this for each other and that will expand out as everybody takes on those frequencies. Yeah. Yes. Um, thank you for answering all these questions, by the way. This is so fascinating to me, just as much as it is to everyone else, I'm sure. Uh, all right, so the big question, somebody... Where is God in all of this? Where where does God? <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people have that question. You know. Well, I'll explain what a nine-year-old told me about God. She said it's neither male or female, and it lives in the um, dayland, which she says is the planet of light, and it's an ultra-terrestrial, is what she said. And she said, and it lives where the angels and light live, and where we come from. And we're all part of that. So my understanding is perhaps a little bit different to a religious one in the sense that I believe we're all aspects of that source. And so it, it, um, that makes the most sense to me. But all I can say to people is, you know, the information is about you resonating to it. And some will resonate to that. Others will resonate to a different truth. In the big scheme of things, 
you know, um, the understanding is at the top of the mountain and there's many paths to the top of the mountain. It really doesn't matter which way you go, because ultimately you will get what you need to understand for your own soul growth. I agree. I couldn't agree with that more. I, yes, <laughs> I absolutely believe that we're all an aspect of source and we're all we are all source experiencing duality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody wants to know. So earlier you talked about um, how some of these children who are labeled as having autism are actually these star hybrid or indigo children, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, but they want to know what the relation is between vaccines and autism. I explain that in the new human. What I'm saying is the ones that are born that have autism is different to the ones that have it instigated by damaging inserts of whether or not it's chemtrails, whether it's the food, whether it's vaccinations. And, um, I, you know, I, I just say with vaccinations, for goodness sake, people, at least do your homework and look into it before you make decisions. I'm not telling you to do one thing or another because ultimately you'll resonate to the truth of, of what you need to resonate to. But do yourself a favor and look into it because we, we do know there are things that are suspect in a lot of these. And I have personally, and I'm an, I wasn't, you know, I was a nurse, I was a midwife. So, you know, I have looked at it from both angles. I don't believe in telling anyone what to do. What I do say is, do your research before you make important decisions about your child's health. And there is no doubt there is a lot of evidence to say some of them are very damaging. And that's a different type of autism to the ones that are born naturally with this um, different wiring. And we have to understand with different wiring. I remember um, a lady uh, asking an autistic girl why she didn't look into people's eyes and directly, what, what what was the problem with looking into people's eyes? Because you know, many autistic children don't want to look at you in the eye. And she said, the reason I don't look into someone's eyes that is because I get 10,000 images in one moment. Now, what is that saying to you? They are operating on a whole new frequency. And this is how we are going to operate. An ADHD was translated by a gentleman who wrote Close Encounters of the ADHD Kind, and he retranslated that into always dialed into higher dimensions because he always saw so much more as an ADHD in terms of the matrix. And this is where we're all going. This is not just the new kids. It's the older models as well. We're all getting ready for this completely new understanding of reality. Yes. And yep. what's, what's interesting about the ADHD thing is that I have a friend whose child was diagnosed with ADHD and they were not going to medicate. They were not going to. So they started exploring different options. They came across this brain balance program and uh, they enrolled them in this brain balance program. They had them do like for a week, um, practices with a patch on his right eye, practices or, or with a patch on his left eye. They changed his diet. Within like two weeks, he became, he, he transformed. He was like, became the, the most behaved student in class. He was getting good grades. And in just a matter of weeks, just by doing this brain balance program. So we're just not taught about what we need to do if these problems do occur. 
One of the things, um, Tyler, is that I wrote in, uh, I, I got um, Dr. Lena Olson, particularly at ADHD, a slightly dyslexic, et cetera, et cetera. And as a molecular biologist, she found that they use up more vitamin B. Um, there are other uh, vitamins that they particularly need and minerals because they operate at a higher speed. She also managed to measure that they are many times more sensitive to touch, to hearing, and to sight, they see more of the visual spectrum. All of these things, of course, heighten their awareness and make it much harder for them to be slowed up, which is what Ritalin does, so that they can be programmed into the old limited and limiting paradigm, which the rest of us have had to endure and break out of. So there are, there are things that they can do. Watch the diet, look at what food, you know, organics, none of the preservatives, et cetera, et cetera. Look at the, you know, the fluoride in the water. All these kinds of things are what will um, it, uh, limit them from being all they need to be. So it really is looking at all the different ways we're being shut down. And everyone who's listening to this know exactly what I'm talking about. The structures behind wanting to shut down us so that we don't challenge the mindset. We don't challenge the system on this planet that is broken. And we all know it is. Yeah, and the biggest trick there, especially with kids uh, and their diet, is, you know, what's the best way to poison somebody? Make it taste like candy. You know, they're not going to, you're not going to make poison obvious. You want it to taste good. You want to crave it. And, and you want to, they want to make it addictive. So that's how they suck us in at a young age, you know. Uh, somebody wants to know, have you been given any guidance on practical ways we can help our friends and family members who are struggling with this reset to come into alignment with what's happening? Good question. Um, I think this is a time to challenge us to speak our truth because it's very hard when you've got so many that have bought the narrative and are very keen to stay with that because it makes them feel safe and because they're scared. To actually try and show them that there's another way They've got to be receptive to that. But it's it's doing it with love. It's about stating your truth because now we're being we're being um, challenged to speak our truth. We're being challenged to own who and what we are. And it won't happen if we're scared of other people's opinions, are scared of, of uh, criticism and judgment. Ultimately, we have to own this truth. This is why we're here. And so you can do that gently. You can do that with love and say, well, this is why I am where I am with this. And this is the reasons why they have still then got a choice. They've got a choice to move to that step or not. But I do believe in a way what, you know, Dr. Olson, my friend, was saying that we're separating out now into these two frequencies and the low frequency people have chosen, I believe, on a soul level to stay put. They still want to experience 3D. And the rest are saying, no, I've done my bit on 3D now. Thanks very much. I'm ready to go to this other level. And, and you're seeing the polarities right in front of you right now. And it, it certainly looks that way, doesn't it? Unless mm -hmm. there is some amazing event. And goodness knows what that might be. Maybe the craft are just going to appear in the skies, as some have seen. Whether or not that's the reality or a false flag, we don't yet know. Um, or whether there's some other event. Um, that shifts that consciousness so that people can um, 
embrace this new reality. Let's face it, you know, often as humans, we have to have our back against the wall before we actually do anything because we're pretty stubborn. It has to be pretty uncomfortable before we say, you know what, maybe I ought to do this. So our back is, is being forced against the wall right now. And that's important and it's a good thing because it's forcing people now to make important choices about what they want their future to be. Yeah, absolutely. In a lot of ways, this entire event right now that's happening, this pandemic, whatever you want to call it, has been a catalyst for a lot of people. It has backed them into the corner and it has forced people to explore new options and look at things in a way they would have never done before. So it is happening. Uh, and, and just to add to that answer, I noticed when I started speaking my truth, um, I was surprised. Obviously, you speak your truth that people who don't belong will fade away and the people who do belong will just be magnetized towards you. And I was surprised at the people who were reaching out to me and had questions. And that's one good way to assist in your friends and family to speak your truth. And the people who want to know, they're, they're going to find their way towards you. And they're going to ask you. Maybe it's just something in, insignificant, but whatever you might say might start them on their journey. So, Yeah, I, I, Talia, you're absolutely right. I, I think, though, now it's not about pretending anymore and putting on the masks and, and doing the socially accepted thing anymore. It really is about owning it. And you don't have to be cruel. You don't have to be aggressive. You can just state it as this is my truth. And this is where I need to be. And, you know, they can take it or leave it. I mean, I, you know, I found I made that decision very much when I reached my middle years was, you know, do I want my children when they're grieving me to know a pretend Mary, um, you know, the socially correct Mary, or should they really know who their mother is and grieve that? Because even though she may be a pain in the neck sometimes and, you know, and embarrass me or whatever, at least I know who my mother was and what, what was important to her. And that's my legacy um, to them is the me. And that's what I think is our legacy to this planet is coming here to speak our truth and be our truth. That's so that's such a yes, that's such an important point, because like you said, I think uh, maybe Neil even uses this term, but we all go out there and we be uh, we become a cardboard cutout version of ourselves, And so many people just know that version of us. And I never thought about that. So when, when if something does happen, they'll be grieving a fake version of you. And that's so that's like that should be a motivation to just want to be your authentic self all the time, you know, cause you don't, all these people don't even know who you are. You know, for the first half of our lives, we don't even know who we are. It's the self that you created to fit into society and um, the world, this world that we live in, but it's not the real us. Yeah. So until we connect to that, to our true selves, um, then we can start living from that and living our purpose. But but yeah, that that's falling away. I see so many people right now are going through this dark night of the soul because they're like, they're like, oh well, who am I outside of my job or my or the money I make or the car I drive or this or that? And because they've built their whole identity all the, on all these like fake things in society, and that's not who they really are. And they're they're for the first time discovering who they really are, connecting to their true selves. Yeah, and I'm seeing that happen so much. Yeah, absolutely. 
I, um, I did grief and bereavement counselling and hospice. And when someone's facing their death in a few weeks, it's amazing what realisations come to them at that point. And many of them were regretful that mm -hmm. they hadn't said or done what was true to them. And that was really the catalyst for me thinking, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make sure, even if there are people out there that think Mary's round the bend or she's, you know, she's gone crazy or whatever they think, <laughs> that's fine. It really doesn't matter to me because what really matters is how those I love look and see me and know me. And, you know, if that's my legacy, it really is about saying to my children and my grandchildren, be the beautiful, unique person that you are, because that's how the planet will change, is when we do that, rather than yeah. try and please people that make judgments on you anyway. So you're exactly. not a loser. <laughs> Exactly. You know, what yeah. does it matter? People are going to judge you no matter what. So why? So you might as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And from your true heart. Yeah. And, then, and then another point to being your authentic self is, you know, you don't only um, draw the people that belong in your life, but the opportunities and the, the career paths or whatever it might be. When you when you start speaking your truth, doors open doors, you know, and so many people are struggling right now. But until you break free from this prison, this matrix, you know, you might not you might continue to struggle. Um, we only have a few minutes left here. So. Is there any, any last things you, you wanted to cover before we wrap this up? Well, I, I think we've covered enough to give people something to think about, even if they think Mary's crazy. Um, <laughs> but what I'd like to say is don't despair, because one of the things that I, I truly believe is these children have come in. They are enlightened, aware beings. And even though the planet at the moment is going through a very dark time, I don't believe these enlightened beings would bother to come to planet Earth for a waste of time. They must know that they've come here and it's going to, um, they are going to achieve what they've come here to do because otherwise they wouldn't bother. As Spock would say, that's illogical. So yeah. I, the logic is that they've come here to make a difference and they've come here because they know they can make a difference. So when it gets dark and you're beginning to wonder what's going on, just remember that they've come here for the new world, the new world that we create. And to yeah. keep that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just I, I just think that it's so important. It's so important to just consider everything we've talked about today. Um, because man, they're just trying to pull us off course right now. That is the end game for these dark forces. So we just need to stay on our stay on your path. I really think that you know that's key right now. Um, we have a couple minutes left. Does anybody have any other questions? Or do you have any questions for? Her? Um, no, I mean, <laughs> so yeah, that was amazing. Well, it is important to remember that you know you you said a lot of these children coming here to because they know they can make a difference but we have to remember that what happens on earth will affect the rest yeah. of the universe yeah. so it's important that they make sure this planet gets through this transition this time and mm -hmm. that we don't slip back yeah important that we support them 
And that means by making sure that we look after them as they're growing into their full potential, which means that, you know, we have to look at what we feed them, how we care for them, how we honor their experience, how we listen to them and, and honor their, their understanding. So it's going to be a, a complete reversal of roles. We won't be teaching them. They will be teaching us. So we have yeah. to look at a whole new way of being with them to support them so that they can do what they've come here to do. Beautifully said, yes. beautifully said. Yeah. And, and we will end on that. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom, all of your knowledge. I, I know that helps. this helps so many people. And uh, really quick, just to give ourselves a plug, uh, guys, I don't know who follows us or not, but we, we did not make it through the Facebook purge. We, our pages were disabled. They wiped us out. So we've lost all those followers, all that content. So if you do want to follow us, find us on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can subscribe there and follow us. And, you know, all your support helps um, because it's tough right now. They do not want us talking about this stuff. It's very unfortunate. Um, other than that, did you want to say something? No. Oh. no. Uh, thank you. Thank you all. And um, up next, we have Scott from Love Coach Academy. And I believe um, that's it. <laughs> thank, <laughs> uh, thank, thank you, everybody. Right. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Have a great day.